Welcome to the 11th episode of the Invincibly Super Massive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, Editor-in-Chief of Comic Vine. This is our second podcast where um, we answer a lot of your questions, and we usually have a really cool guest. And as always, I have another cool guest. I have Mr. Ryan Stegman, the artist of Superior Spider-Man. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Um, So... First of all, what's it like drawing this book that so many people have been talking about, complaining about, praising? It's well, basically every single person in the world seems to have an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's awesome. I mean, that's what you want, and uh, it's obviously I've kind of angled. I've always wanted to draw a Spider-Man book, so I'm getting to do that now, and I think that the uh, the book itself is uh, pretty amazing. So it's superior. Uh, yeah, not amazing. It, I shouldn't say amazing, but it's um, it's kind of a dream come true, and uh, it's also you know definitely the most talked about book I've ever done, and all that stuff. So it's it's been great. Yeah, I mean, so it was it was a crazy. I mean, it. I, I can imagine what it was like for like Dan, but I mean, it it pissed me off back in December when Amazing Spider-Man 700 was was spoiled and all that. But just that, I mean, if you think about it, that this was like such a highly like sought after, talked about, you know, everyone was was trying to, I mean, the fact that people were going to that, whatever extremes, to try to spoil it, to try to find out. I mean, uh-huh. I, I think that's huge because I can't remember the last time people made such a big deal about like a single issue like that. Yeah, I mean... If it w- I was told, all right. So <laughs> when I first found out the story of what was happening, it was just Dan and me and my wife and Tom Brennan, who's who was the editor on um, uh, Scarlet Spider, um, went out to dinner in Chicago, and Dan just sat there and told me everything that was happening. You know, not a care in the world about like if anybody was overhearing or anything. So like at, at that point. I just thought, oh, wow, that's an awesome story. Um, and it never occurred to me that it was going to be a big deal, like, in the in the way that it is. I think that to understand that, you have to have worked on Spider-Man a lot mm-hmm. because they're, the fans of it are so vocal. Um, but, uh, no, it was – so for a long time, I just, you know, I kind of went about my business with it and didn't know anything about it because we do the books way in advance. And uh, so for when it, when it came out, or right about the time, when 700 came out, all of a sudden I realized how big of a deal it really was and how nuts everybody was going for it. And all the spoilers started coming out, and I was thinking, like, they have spies, you know? <laughs> this is insane. So um, you've known, so you've been working on this for a while. You said you've known this. Was, was it around the time when you did, like, your, your last Scarlet Spider issues? Um, it was, yes, because I knew I was doing it 
as I was going to go do um, Fantastic Four, I knew before I accepted that job that I, my next job would be uh, Spider-Man. But I, I actually didn't even know that it was relaunching or anything. They just told me I could do Spider-Man, which was, you know, I kind of asked. I, I basically <clears throat> told them as they offered me Fantastic Four, I, I knew that it was only going to be three issues. And I was like, okay, but uh, I don't, you know, it was kind of a weird thing to go leave a book, a successful book like Scarlet Spider to go do a book for three issues. Yeah. Um, I understood it because it was Jonathan wrapping up his run and his run, you know, mm-hmm. good history is, you know, one of the legendary ones, I think. Yes. So it was a, it was an honor. Um, but it was still kind of moving around all the time is difficult. So, you know, I told them I don't want to move around anymore. I just want to do Spider-Man. And, uh, they got back to me and said I could do it. So, yeah, because I, I remember when your um your last Scarlet Spider came out, and I was because I, I think that's you you inked it yourself, and I, I remember looking at it, I was just like, holy crap, because you know it was just like, I mean you I mean you, you know I've always liked your art, but like when you inked yourself, I mean it just it blew me away, and I, I think around that time you. you you kind of hint. I think it was that time you like hinted or teased. You're like, "Oh, I, I got a secret project coming out or something like that." And yeah, and I had no idea that you know it would be like this huge. And yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, the funny thing is, it, if it was, it would have to me. It still would have been huge if it was just drawing amazing, you know, regular amazing Spider-Man and it didn't relaunch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that would have been a life's goal accomplished. And then to have it relaunch, and then you know, I don't know what the numbers on issue one are, but I imagine they're. I think it sold out. Like they already said, it sold out already, and I imagine um, initial orders were high with you know everyone talking about seven hundred. Yeah. So, and yeah, I have no idea what the number. I I don't pay attention to numbers, even though I should. But right. um, yeah, I mean, you, you always hear you know it's, it's been sold out because like whenever you hear something sold out, it's like well. That doesn't necessarily mean something, you know, because huh. if if like you know the first print was was fifty thousand copies or hundred thousand copies, you know, it, it'll still sell out. So, you, but I imagine for, for as quick as this one sold out, yeah. is is the amazing thing because I think that essentially what I take sold out to mean is generally just uh, it sold as well as we expected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then when it when it's, I think, like, it seemed like the reorders were way high before the first issue even came out. So I think that um, that kind of indicates that it's, you know, a hit, so to speak. Yeah, I, I had a couple people, like, tweet me, like, like my store ran out. I couldn't pick up a copy. Yeah. And I was like, well. well I also saw another guy tweeting at Dan Slot that was like, nope, it's not selling well. I went to my store. <laughs> <laughs> and they had some left. I was like. We were all kind of like, well, okay, like your one store had some left. Like all the tweets that we're getting are, I can't find it anywhere, but all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I have two copies. I don't even have a copy. I forgot to pick one up when I went to my signing. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah I thought about that when I was on the plane home and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot to ask for one. Yeah, because I, I have one for home and then one for the office. And well, go ahead and send it to me. I'll give you my address. Okay. <laughs> So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised because I I know, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how, how Marvel does, but I know, you know, usually you get the the physical comp so you can see what it's like and share some with your friends or whatever. And 
Yeah, it's they. they it just it, they don't. You don't get the comps right away. Mm. Um, you get them like after the issues have been out for a while. So then you can sell it. It's like here's a sold out book. I have a first copy. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I mean, I, 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 it's it's just crazy now. Um, because I had Dan on on a podcast. Um, I think it was right after six ninety eight. I think so. So it was before. It, it really, you know, hit the fan and everything. Now, um, what what I understand because what, what I, we we were talking about, like when he killed Hobgoblin, like you know, beginning of big time. And I'm a huge Hobgoblin fan. I I loved, you know, when he first appeared and the whole mystery. I, th- I think it was like like over ten years where we had no idea who it was, and then he just kills him. And uh-huh. but for for me, as much as I I love the character, I didn't flip out. Like some people, I was like, "This sucks." I mean, because I, I reviewed that book, and I, I think I, I still gave it five stars, even though he killed this character I love. Because even though his head was chopped off, it's like I knew this is comic books. Mm-hmm. There's probably, hopefully, some way he'll come back. And then, and Dan politely kind of threw that in my face that you know all you saw was a, a head in a mask, and you know you didn't see anything, and he had a twin brother and all that stuff. So that that's what I mean. I've, I've been I've been kind of you know trying to do my part and support what's going on in in Superior Spider Man because you know I'm I'm a huge Spider Man fan. You know when I started reading it was you know Spider Man and Batman. Um, and w- like what it, what I mentioned you know and I, I said it to Dan I don't like the change, right. but I am totally 100 percent on board to see where this can go because we've had 50 years of of Spider Man stories and now we have the chance to see something a little different. Yeah, I completely agree. I I think that um, um, I guess it's it's a it's kind of a weird thing because it's a good thing that that, that people get worked up about it. Yeah, because um, they care. Yeah, because they care. But um, to me, this whole thing, I don't know. Like, I guess just knowing everything that's coming and what was going to happen, I was just in my mind. It sounded like the coolest Spider-Man story ever. So, uh. I don't know. It's hard to balance that stuff because um, I guess that when you're in the thick of it, it seems like all this stuff is, you know, um, the end of the world. But there's plenty of stories to come out of this, which is what I think is interesting. Yeah, and I, I think also one thing that nobody's really talked about much is uh, I always felt like Spider-Man is just a as much about his supporting cast as it is about him, mm-hmm. uh, as, as it is about Peter Parker. So the fact that it's now, you know, obvious, I, I suppose we can talk about the fact that it's Ock inside his. Yeah. People, they, they have to know by now. And, yeah. and, you um, know, I, I posted that video that, you know, spoiled everything. Right. Oh Yeah. That was an awesome video. Wasn't it? <laughs> Thanks. I could kind of kind of hurt my throat trying to do the the Doc Ock parts. Yeah. Um, but for it to so so in this case, I feel like at the very least, even if you don't like uh, Ock as Spider Man or as Peter Parker, you're still getting to see his supporting cast and how they're reacting to all this stuff. And to me, that's just as interesting to see them put in a position where there's this, uh, you know, imposter, so to speak, whether or not they recognize it, like just how that, how those relationships play out. Yeah. And, 
yeah, like you said, I mean that that's a huge thing. And you know, going back to like the hobgoblin thing, I mean, people need to realize, especially with a character like Spider Man, who is, you know, Marvel's mascot. You know, even though he might not be their official mascot, there's no way you can do. And you know, I don't want you to comment on this at all. But there's you know no way you can do such a drastic change and just leave it like that. Like this is it. This is forever. I mean, nothing is forever in comics. Yeah. And, absolutely. And and people are, are I mean I I again I understand being passionate about a character, loving a character, and like I said, you know I don't like the change. I don't like how he went out, and you know someone like Doc Ock of all people, you know, defeated him. But it's it's a story, and you know I know once the story is complete, at some point somewhere things will go, somehow go back to normal. Right, and um, one of the funny one of the funniest comments that I've seen repeatedly. I mean I. I've seen this at least five or six times online is why does Marvel treat Peter Parker like this? Why do they do this to him and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what do you want? Do you want a comic book where nothing, where everything in his life just goes right? Like, do you think you would enjoy reading that at all? If if we just did if for a whole year, we were like, this is the year of, of everything going right for Peter Parker. And, uh, like in that case, he would never even have to put on the mask; mm-hmm. just be walking around having a normal life. So, yeah, and and you know, and for what? So you know, people don't like when you change the status quo. But uh-huh. what surprises me is when he got the job at Horizon Labs. Uh-huh. That that was a, a big change in Spider Man because no longer was he struggling to make ends meet. He had right. this great job that he always wanted. He was getting paid a buttload of money. He had mm-hmm. access to do all the stuff as Spider Man. Had an apartment. He had Carly Cooper as a girlfriend. So it's like, wh- you know, where was the Parker luck? And no one complained about that. Yeah, I thought that was, I think that's like one of the biggest uh, strokes of genius of Slot's run is having that Horizon thing going on where he almost gets to have like James Bond gadgets now and stuff. Yeah. And it's it, a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, yeah, the other... Recent, so Marvel released um, a teaser last week. It says Spider-Man's fired. Uh-huh. And um, what I'm assuming, you know, based on a teaser, that he's getting fired from the Avengers because, you know, you see the Avengers in the background. But people, I think the, the first reactions were that he was getting fired from Horizon. You know, so I saw some people complaining about that. But it's like, how can you complain about that when the fact that he has that job goes against who he's supposed to be? So it's like... I saw a speculation that fired meant that I had been fired and replaced with Umberto Ramos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, that that's the other thing, because um, Marvel is crazily, I mean, with, with Spider-Man, they've, they've always been doing it, but, you know, putting out the, the Marvel Now books twice a month, which is great when you're, you know, digging the stories, but kind of bad when you, you have to pay for the stories, you know, uh-huh. go to your comic stores trying to deal with that. So, um, I, I mean, I, I think it totally makes sense that, you know, if if you're going to be working on these books, cranking them out, you know, you need to get ahead of time, you know, mm-hmm. so you don't compromise your art, you know, cause right. you, you know, based on issue one, I mean, you're totally kicking ass there. So it, it makes sense that, yeah, you're going to do an arc. Someone else is going to do either an arc or a few issues and then you'll come back. Cause I'm assuming that's how it's going to be. You guys are going to like switch back and forth. Yeah. It's, it's a, um, that's the situation is, um, we, we rotate in and out. And it's all so that we can get it out, you know, every two weeks. And I'm not sure what issue number I'm coming back yet. Uh, 
I know that I should I should be finding that out this week, but um, but you're yeah. you're essentially working on the books at the same time. Yeah, and and there's there's also to me there's like I, the two guys that are coming in to do the arcs that I'm not doing are you know Cam and Coley and Ramos, and both of those guys are guys that I would buy the book mm-hmm. for their art anyway. Yeah, so, I don't know. I thought it was. I think it's cool. Yeah, kind of neat thing for fans to get to like. I mean, I guess if they don't like one of the artists or whatever, um, if they don't like me, then screw them. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, some artists. Then I, it's it to me. It's still interesting to get to like see the different takes on it. Yeah, I mean, and, and those guys because w- with Amazing Spider Man, I mean, there there was the rotating artists. I mean, there there wasn't necessarily like a specific. Um, you know, artist, it, you know, and, but it, it's the same thing where different artists came in, did the arc and then the next one, you know, those issues would be ready. So those guys have been on the book already. So it, it's not like this huge drastic change. Like, where is this guy coming from? And, you know, right. A lot of people, you know, they say that, um, my stuff is somewhat reminiscent of Umberto's and I can see that Cam and Coley also kind of has some of the same sensibilities. So I think it's, it's all, and, and we all have, Edgar Delgado coloring us. So I think it all has like some through lines that make it pretty nice too. Yeah. And then the other thing, like the, the, the very first teaser, I think it was just like superior. I mean, it had all your guys' name on there. So, uh, and people should yeah, know. I, guess I, I have to answer the question literally every day. Uh, <laughs> why are you only doing three issues? And I'm like, I'm not just doing three issues. I'll be back at the, you know, yeah. uh, but even though, even though every step of the way, you know, it, it's been said that, we are, you know, rotating. Yeah, because like, um, so what? This week, um, all new X Men, which you know, I'm digging that book, and it was, you know, Stuart Immonen did the first five issues, and um, I surprisingly found out like last minute that David Marquez was doing three issues, and, right? Because you know, I wondered the same thing because I was like, there's no way Stuart can, and there's no way anyone can keep up with you know doing a comic twice a month. I mean, that's that's oh, insane. Maybe John Romita Jr. in his heyday, but uh-huh. that's it. Yeah, so so I mean, it, and it, it is exciting, and and that's that's what I like. Um, looking at, at different artists' blogs, so, you know, I, I do that Saturday post where you know I, I you know get all the different art. I love seeing different interpretations. Like, um, uh-huh. I think you recently did a a, a picture of, of Ursula from The Little Mermaid, uh-huh. and so that I mean, I I think that stuff like that fascinates me because in whatever book you're working on, chances are you're not going to be able to draw Ursula. Right. So, you know, when you post something on your Tumblr or, you know, a blog or whatever, then, it, you know, it, it gives us a chance to, to see something else. And I also love when, when artists post, like, the sketches they do at conventions. Right. You know, usually it's like some random, you know, whatever. Or, you know, if you're exclusive to Marvel, you get to draw a DC character, you know, as, as a sketch. And so I, I, I think it's really cool just seeing how, you know, different artists approach the different characters. Yeah, I love to do that stuff. I'm going to try and start doing that more often because every time I do something like that, I feel like I learn something that I can take back to um, my regular comic work. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, because uh, it's just just switching up gears and not thinking in like American style comic book art is always just doing like what you want to do is always fun. Yeah, so people should definitely follow you on Tumblr. Or- not already. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> now, um, in in issue one, 
you when you you drew the scene with um Peter at Horizon, um, he looked a little reminiscent of of Doctor Horrible. Mm-hmm. So where that was that your idea or is that that was Dan's idea? Although I mean he he just kind of gave me the direction of he wanted the goggles and like the gloves and just make him look kind of, you know, somewhat mad scientist ish. <laughs> and then I did that. And then, you know, after I have never seen Dr. Horrible, so I didn't realize, realize like, uh, what Dr. Horrible looked like, but still it's a fun thing for Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, I guess that that's, it's kind of the, um, the mad scientist archetype type thing anyway. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I, I really like to, to do that. And then I, I love to get to play with his uh, expressions and make him act all arrogant, you know, try and convey arrogance through the, his posture and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that's the thing where I know a lot of people complain that, you know, we're not going to get the, you know, funny, witty, you know, Spider-Man doing the banters, but it's it's almost funny in a different way, you know. Hearing Doc Ock's arrogance, you mm-hmm. know, you know, is he going? He's he's you know doing his thing. So it's like like I said. I mean, it's something different. It's it's still Spider Man, but it's it's a way for us to get something else rather than just here's Peter Parker going in, putting on the costume, you know, fighting these guys again. Right. So I mean, it, it's fun. Also. And- Go ahead. Yeah, you'll see you'll see so much more of how the supporting cast reacts to all this stuff. It's just I think that is just uh, there's so many stories that can be told there. And that was the thing because you know a lot of people ask me like how long do I think this is going to last? And you know I I don't even know if you have an idea, and I'm not going to ask you. But um, you know so what what I've been saying based on my opinion is. Mm-hmm there's no way that this is going to be resolved right away. You know, Marvel's not going to relaunch a book, you know, and just do like six issues and like, Oh, he's back. You know, there, there's no way. Um, and so I, I said, I could see it going like up to two years because Captain America was gone for two years. You know, Batman was gone for two years. The the difference there is, is they were both replaced by like his, his proteges or whatever. So it's, it's a little different than being replaced by your enemy. But, right. uh, but you know, I, I I could see it happening, and so my 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 final theory was I could see it being two years with a bi monthly schedule, so that you know, like twenty four issues, and then that twenty fifth issue would be the fiftieth, or not twenty fifth, the the fiftieth issue would be amazing seven fifty. So then, if Marvel wanted to, like they do sometimes, they could revert the series back, and we could have Amazing Spider Man seven fifty, you know, milestone issue. Yeah. So that that. There, I can't comment. On no, no, yeah, I'm not asking you to. I, but that, that was that's my theory, just based on you know my my history of reading. So, I, I and I, but basically, what what I'm trying to say is, I could see this lasting a couple years. You know, I I do think that there's there's a lot to to tell here, and you know, I I think the overall theme is like here's this guy that was a villain, but he's not really a villain. You know, because like when I did that video, you know, I I went back. Um, and just like some of the flashbacks in the, in the final issues of Amazing that we saw where, you know, Doc Ock didn't want to be a villain. You know, he, he was a smart guy. And I know I also mentioned um, Matt Fraction did an, an issue of Invincible Iron Man where it was like a flashback. And we saw like Tony Stark being, you know, this big jerk to him. So uh-huh. here's this, you know, he's, he's like a nerd, got picked on. He wasn't taken seriously. 
he just he wanted to do good things for mankind and then the explosion caused his brain to get damaged and then he just became a villain right yeah. and he'll i think he yeah he he doesn't think of himself as a bad guy you know what i mean and and now you know and there's there's being influenced by the memories or whatever of of peter parker you know he he wants to do good things but at the same time he doesn't necessarily want to be a hero but you can see him you know there's been a couple times where he's reacted which uh-huh. is kind of hinted at in, in the first issue which you know, i won't get into that even though I'm sure those spoilers are out already so I, I i just think there's there's a there's something interesting about if it's done properly you know a villain trying to redeem themselves and, and that's what we could kind of maybe have here mm-hmm. now i i also posted um another theory um about how Peter can get back. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did so, you, you see about, okay. Yeah. Um, and I won't ask you to comment on that, but I, I, I say that, that Peter never died that, um, cause for me, it's like as smart as doc Ock may have been, could he copying brain patterns and inserting brain patterns? Someone, I didn't see how that could necessarily make them switch bodies in a freaky Friday way. But again, you know, it is comic book, so anything can happen. So my theory was Pete, this superior Spider-Man still is P- Peter, but with the, he thinks he's Doc Ock and vice versa. So we'll find out that it's not really Doc Ock. It's Peter thinking he's Doc Ock. But again, I'm not going to ask you to, to comment on that. What, what bothers me mm-hmm. is what everyone's saying about if Spider-Man and Mary Jane hook up. And I'm, well... I mean that that's somewhat irritating because they're reading into something that they'd have to unless it happens you you know you can't really comment the 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 the, the level that they're taking it to I mean I'll you know it's not appropriate they're, call, they're calling it rape yeah or whatever and then the, and then other people are reacting to it as though we've done that Mm-hmm. Uh, as though it's happened in the issue, and until it happens in the issue, to take it to that extreme, I think is inappropriate. And uh, uh, especially since it's a it's a comic book, you know, I don't I don't necessarily, uh, you know, I don't like it when people on forums and stuff say, "Come on, people, it's just a comic book." Like I get that. Like I I'm, I'm a sports fan also, uh, and. You know, you of course you can say that everything's just sports, and then it's like, well, you know, I don't want to diminish what I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just think that what we're trying to do has nothing to do with that type of thing, and so uh, just basically until it happens, it's 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 not. It I don't think it's necessary to discuss unless you're just you know if you're talking about it hypothetically. Go ahead, but don't accuse us of having done this and then and then tried and then tried to uh, play it down. You know, like that doesn't mean that this. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, um, because so, I, I guess it's it's a a British law or something like that that if you misrepresent yourself in order to get intimate with someone, that right. that's considered rape. So, I get that, but. One, this is this is, and again, not to diminish it. This is a Spider-Man comic book. I don't need to, you know, that in in a Spider-Man comic. And uh, and the other thing is, like, if they do get back together, which you know, um, 
the, the teaser for issue two says, you know, are they going to? And you know, we see the cover. But even if, if they, let's say, they do get back together, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go straight to the bedroom. Because in, in all the years, I mean, Peter Parker has had a lot of girlfriends. And right. in, in all the years, that was never really an issue. I mean, you never, you had no idea what, what Peter's, you know, sexual life was like. You know, he, he dated all these girls. And you never, I don't think you ever really saw him in bed with anyone until he was married to Mary Jane. And then there were some scenes where you're just lying there, you know, nothing graphic or anything like that. And, and yeah, afterwards, you know, there was, um, Peter and, and Michelle Gonzalez, but that was really chameleon, which, you know, that, that's a whole other, no, I don't remember people raising a fuss about that. And, and the other thing that, well, that they, they may not have had access to the internet at that time. Well, no, I mean, cause that, that wasn't that long ago. I mean, but, yeah, that's true. But I, I'm, you know, no one, no one complained about that, and you know that was it's basically the same thing where you know, Chameleon pretended he that he was was Peter Parker, and and also what what I point out where where no one had access to the internet was back in Fantastic Four when when Elijah, um, was posing as Alicia Masters and married Johnny Storm, right. So here he you know he thought he was married to you know Alicia and he was married to an alien and who knows what they did since they were married. So, yeah, it's it's I, I it's just you know it, this is it's Spider Man. It's supposed to be fun and exciting, and, and it's like I don't need it to go down that that dark. Well, road. here's what I here's what was bothering me the most about it was that so Rich Johnston posted about it on Bleeding Cool. That's mm-hmm. why he you know he put up an article, but he kind of had that sensational headline. Of course, uh, that yeah, which is you know what he does. It's fine. Um, but then I think that there are a lot of people who were uninformed, uh, who the, it, it's one of those things where it kind of took on a life of its own. And I felt like it became something where um, people were commenting on it as though we had made it, we had done that. We had done that thing where we, we explicitly said they had slept together and uh, that, uh, you know, like we had somehow made this thing happen where I think that a lot of the people hadn't even read it and they were just, they just get in there and they start commenting on it and then it takes on a life of its own. And now in a lot of people's heads, I'm sure they believe that we've done this thing and we haven't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause, cause you, you, Dan and Marvel are, are evil people and, you know, just trying to do these cruel, horrible things. Right. Which I kind of like that. I kind of like that people think that we're that diabolical. <laughs> I enjoy that. I enjoy reading the things about people say when uh, people say that stuff about Dan, like as though he he's not the biggest Spider-Man fan on the planet. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny, but um, I don't know. It's just such a sensitive subject to be. It's weird. It, it feels like we're being accused of something that we haven't even done, and it's so weird. Yeah. But that, that's where my theory and, you know, I I just made a tiny mention of it because I absolutely did not want to get into it. But when I wrote my theory, so I said that if this really is Peter Parker just thinking he's Doc Ock and if something does happen, then it's not going to be that situation. But Yeah, exactly. And, and then and then it's OK when when we when all the chips are, you know, in place. I don't know if they, that's a phrase <laughs> when, when everything's played out. Then I guess go ahead and comment on something that severe, that serious. Yeah. But until then, 
just just don't jump to the conclusion that we've you know done something horrible <laughs> because yeah. it's not like we don't have consciences you know <laughs> like we know what we're doing now let, let me ask you um what are your thoughts on on the other so so back when you know the whole spider totem thing when when he died and he was reborn in a cocoon or whatever and you know did you, did you you like that and whatever I don't know I don't know if I'm remember what what issues was that Um I don't don't remember it off the top of my head so it was it was like one more loon I think that's his name when he was introduced so basically there's this and there's Ezekiel and there's this whole like big thing about like Peter was destined to be Spider-Man and there was this big, you know, mystical spider totem and all this stuff. But what happened is he died mm-hmm. and then, then he, he, all these spiders came, wrapped him up in a cocoon and then he was like reborn. And that's where he got the, the, um, the stingers that pop out of his forearm. And, oh, okay. And see, to me, is this, I, is this when Joe Kelly was reading it? Uh, it might've been, it was, I, 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 was Craven involved in everything. Um, no, was, I think it was before Craven came back. I mean, I could look it up, but I, you know, I, I won't sidetrack. Sure. I don't remember. I, I don't have like an encyclopedic, <laughs> encyclopedic memory or anything. You know, like I just kind of have read. But yeah, so so for me, the idea of that, I, I think that that's you know a lot of people like that story. For me, again, it wasn't one that you know I, I could respect what happened and how it came out. I didn't care for it, but it's like to me. If you tell someone, yeah, Peter Parker is going to die, but he, so much, a bunch of spiders wrap him up in a cocoon, he's reborn. That to me almost seems more out there than Doc Ock taking over. Yeah, I agree. I, I read something the other day um, uh, where some a commenter said, I was, I was with this book about Superior Spider Man number one. I liked this until the last page, just too silly for me. And I was thinking, have you read comic books before? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> That's not even close to as outlandish as some stuff has gotten in the past. Uh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much stuff like that. Like, uh, and, and it's not, I think that's fun. I think that it's fun to, to really like go out there. Yeah. I mean, there, there's times where I'm explaining something going on and you know, even though I've been reading comics for so long, I mean, there, there's there's times where I, I I can't explain it with a straight face because right. it it is absurd and and that's I guess part of the charm of well in in a way it's it's like soap operas if somebody explains because these things go on so long if somebody explains uh, all the things that have happened to a character in a soap opera to you you think that is absurd how many times has that person died how many times has have they you know done such and such and such and then but when then when you bring it back and you think about it you're like oh wait if i explained everything that's ever happened to peter parker you would say that's the most absurd thing ever you know like it's just when the, when these things are serialized and going on so long there's you know it's unavoidable yeah to have some things in their history that uh are insane and but that's part of it that that's part of the fun i think i think that you have to, it, you know, it's like suspension of disbelief or whatever. But I think that uh, that kind of thing is is what makes the books fun. Mm-hmm. It's to just see where they can take it. Oh, where, what can they do 
um, that will be different than anything that's been done before. Yeah. And I mean, when, when we had, uh, when I remember when I turned in, um, uh, the page with mad scientist Peter in it, the first one, and he was being an all arrogant and had all the postures and the, the outfit and everything. I would turn it in. And I think it was Steve Wacker wrote back and said, how have we not done this before? <laughs> Because we were all having so much fun with it and laughing about like how fun it, how funny it looked and everything, and it's that's just the kind of stuff that I get excited about to know that you know we're putting a stamp on something that's never been done before. Um, another um, kind of funny comment is um, so there is the twist in issue one, and again I, I don't want to reveal that even though I'm sure people know, but I I, I saw one comment where um, someone tried saying that that was you guys kind of like backpedaling that, you know, so many people were outraged. So, you know, must, I must have been that, a comment like a, that too, as though we have that kind of time. Yeah. It's totally last minute. It's like, you know, cause people don't understand it. Like these books need to be, I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact time frame when they, they go to the printer, but you know, you need time to finalize everything, send it out. And then, you know, the distribution, getting it to, you know, the, the diamond warehouses and then them shipping it out to all the comic shops. So it's not like, it's not like, you know, this December 26, here's the last issue of Spider-Man. Everyone's, you know, upset, even if he went, you know, a couple weeks early when the spoilers came out. So it's not like you guys like, oh, we got to change this now. We're going to change all our plans that, you know, all the issues that you you, you probably already did ahead of time. Just it to- would be insane to try and do that. And I can say without any question, this is all mapped out. I mean, I'm done with issue three. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. we will not be touching issue three again. Like it is colored and all that stuff. There is no, no fan reaction whatsoever could make us change anything at this point. Uh, yeah. So like after issue 700 came out um, and people were saying all that stuff. And then I, yeah, I saw those comments and it was like, you realize that I was almost done with issue three when issue one, uh, 700 came out. I was like, like on the last five pages of issue three. <laughs> so there's no way that we could change anything at yeah. that point. But no. I, I, I do appreciate that they think that that's funny. Yeah. You guys it's magical that, that make that happen. Yeah. Now um, I did not check the, any of the, the AR stuff. Uh-huh. Did you, are you involved with any of that? Have you done any, anything? Yeah. Uh, I think that you, sh- you should check it out because you always forget. Out. Yeah, it's cool. It's really uh, Steve. I don't know who's in charge of it, but Steve always asks me for things that I. I think that's really a cool idea. Like, uh, I kn- I'll, I'll spoil one of them because it's not a big deal. But I know that in issue one, the splash page, um, if you do the AR thing uh, on page four, there's uh, you can see the pencils or the layout, the pencils, the inks, and then the colors. Mm-hmm. So you look at the uh, the page and see how I constructed the whole thing and how it came together. And then uh, there's like videos in there and all that stuff. I think that's, that is the coolest. Yeah. And, uh, and active I, experience for the comic book. I mean, I agree. I mean, I love seeing the different stages. I was, I, I'm always torn, you know, when you, when you look at like black and white comics, you know, something like, like the walking dead, you know, the, I love that comic. I couldn't imagine that being colored. Uh-huh. And so, but the, but then on the other hand, you know, I looking, I have the the comics in front of me. Looking at that splash page, I couldn't imagine that not being colored. 
you know, seeing right. – because, you know, you need to redden, you know, just jumping off the page. So I, I like that. My problem with the, the AR is, you know, because I would check it in the beginning, like when they first started doing it. But then we started seeing it's, – it's like that's almost all we got was just, you know, penciled, ink, colored. And, you know, that's cool. But then, you know, sometimes we'd get the videos and then it's like we, we kind of started losing that. But so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that there are some videos and, you know, I need to check this out. Yeah, no, I, 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 I had to take a video of myself and I think that that's an issue too or something. I don't know. But I think that uh, as they, they'll, they'll just get more and more ideas. It's just probably it started out as an imperfect thing and, and it'll kind of grow into something um, more interesting over time uh, that will really help the experience because I think that all that kind of stuff is super cool to it almost gives it like a magazine feel like you get such a better feel for how this is all done and and the people behind it and everything kind of I don't know there's so much you can do with it it's also like like a DVD you know where you get you know the the commentary and right and and yeah that would be interesting if someday you could do a lot you could go through a whole trade and offer uh, spoken commentary and stuff. It'd be neat. Um, the other reason why I sometimes forget to check that is, and it, I know it was more so when when I was reading um, Avengers versus X Men, where I'd I'd try, you know, I'd, it'd be like early Wednesday morning, and you know, I'd I'd try using it, and mm-hmm. some of the pages just wouldn't load. So I don't right. know if there's like a like a time frame. I don't know how the whole system works. Like you know, there's some it's accessing some database that's recognizing that. And then there's a certain time when, when it's launched, but like, um, you know, if, if it, like if you got your comps early or something like that, I don't know if the stuff's programmed. Yeah. I, I, so anyways, that, that's why I sometimes forget to check it is because, you know, I, when I read the comics right away and then I'm sitting there holding my iPad up to it, waiting and waiting, you know, moving it away, waiting, but, but I, I definitely, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, it's yeah. It's it's just probably in its infancy is what it's what what it really comes down to. And I mean, I could see that being. Seems like you could have a whole department of a company just handling that stuff eventually. You know, because just makes it so much more of an experience. It's cool. Now, and the other thing I don't I don't know about is um, because some people have mentioned if they read it digitally. You know, uh, like through Comicsology, that they don't get the AR. So that kind of seems. Like- I was I was wondering that I haven't checked that yet. If you buy it on Comicsology, you can't just you can't just click it or something. Yes, yeah, no. See, I, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. But because I thought I tried it once, and I thought it worked, but maybe not. Where you know, um, like if you, so, if you have it on your on. Um, you know, on, on your device. Cause so I, I had it on my, my iPad and I tried it with my phone uh-huh. and I don't know if it just depends on the screen where I, again, I don't know how the AR thing works. You know, it recognizes the, you know, little red and white square and, and does that. But hopefully at, at some point, you know, cause you know, I, I've had a couple people kind of bummed that, you know, if they read it digitally, they, they can't access that stuff. So right. I imagine there's gotta be something I'm, I'm sure they're they're thinking about it, trying to figure out, you know, how to deal with that. Right. Um, the other thing I want to mention. So I um, I got to to read Alpha Number One uh-huh. um, by Josh Fieldkov because uh-huh. um, that comes out in February. But um, yeah, so I, I was lucky that, that um, Marvel sent me 
an, an advanced look at that. So what, what's interesting there is, you know, Alpha needs to go to Horizon Labs and get tested. Uh-huh. And the, the kink in it is it's not Peter Parker testing him now. It's this, you know, new Doc Ogg Peter Parker testing him. So, you know, that, that adds a whole different dynamic to, to the story. So, you know, so for all the people complaining about this, you know, there's, there's just, you know, so much, you know, to, to see here. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting when, you know, how he, he interacts with the Avengers and, um, cause you know, there's already been so many times just like with, like in issue 700 when he, you know, he's talking to Mary Jane and he's, you know, Doc Ock's like snapping at her. It's, it's like, you know, you, you gotta be a little careful or, you know, people are, are going to find out. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's the knee jerk reaction type thing. And then, but if you really step back and look at it, you're like, you have to think, Oh my God. Like if you think about all the stories that you can do that have never, you're, you've never seen before in the Spider-Man book that still involve his supporting cast and all the characters that you love. Uh, it's just, it's like a gold mine for story. So, uh, that's what I would, if, if I was a fan and I didn't know what was coming, I think, well, I am a fan, but you know what I mean? I know what's coming is what I'm saying. Uh, if I didn't know, I think that would be the most fun thing to sit back and in my head, just like play out scenarios and be like, Oh, what you think could do this? And you know, this could happen. And think about it's just, it's just so many things. Oh, Riley Ross was trying to call me. <laughs> so, um, Besides all, all the Spider-Man stuff, like what what else? I, I know your your time is you're you're so spread out. You know, you're, you're I mean, you're you're focused on doing this. But so, what else are are you reading? Are you keeping up with? Uh, Saga and Batman are the one, the two books that I would say. I'm actually not up to date on both of those at the moment. I'm about two issues behind on Batman and one issue behind on Saga. Um, but yeah, I I I don't necessarily read. In uh, you know month to month, mm-hmm. I'm, I will read big chunks of something. But those two, I, I try to keep up with. Right now, I'm reading um, 20th Century Boys. I'm on volume. Uh, I'm almost on. Vo- I'm on volume halfway through volume 19 of 24. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, I promised myself that if I went down that road, I would finish the whole thing. And so I'm being very diligent about not straying from it so uh i'm getting close to that and then after that i think I'm, i haven't read any of sweet tooth and i think i'm going to read that from beginning to end and, yeah uh try you know just try things like that yeah i'm i'm actually behind on saga um uh, part of it is um you know because i absolutely love the series you know when it first came out yeah because I, I reviewed the first issue on our site and then um I I had one of my other reviewers reviewed his second issue and he loved it of, of course. So then then I just kind of turned it over to him. So he's been reviewing all the issues. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pause on it because you know one, there's so many comics to read, and two, if if I let them gather up, then uh-huh. I I get to read it in a big chunk. And so that that's been the hard part for me is is holding back. So uh-huh. I, I I think soon now I, I need to catch up again. But it, yes, it's it's awesome. It is so. It's it's. I think that part of it. Uh, not that I would want anybody, but Fiona Staples drawing it because I think that she is doing some of the best work in comics right yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. But it's one of those books that when I read it, I'm just like, oh, this is exactly the type of thing I would love to draw. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's it's just awesome. Yeah, and and Batman is is just phenomenal. Well, Greg Capullo is my favorite. Yeah, artist. I mean, Probably the most influential on me in my in my, you know, he's the the guy that him and McFarlane, you know, together kind of were the two guys that I was obsessed with when I was growing up and everything. They're kind of the the influences that I can never shake, even if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. They're just like burnt into my brain. So to see new work from him that's at that level is just awesome. Yeah, so I mean, you know, he's he's a big dude, and he works out. I don't know how he works out, because um, when when I I interviewed him, I I, I think he said he works like twelve hour days. Um, yeah. he, he like draws like twelve hours, and you know, a lot of time he he even you know works on weekends and all that. So it's like, and then he you know he he's got a family. So it's like, where does he find the time to to work out? And and I I I, I describe his his drawing like. It's almost like you know, because he's big, like a like a professional wrestler, and I just see him just like like tackling the, the the pages as he's just you know, you know, ferociously drawing all these these images. And I it, met him in Toronto, and he he almost shook my arm off my body. <laughs> but you know, it, it's funny that you say that you're influenced by him because you know, I I kind of see that too. Where you, you I don't see, I don't really know how to describe his art or your art. I mean, it's it's just it's 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 big and bold and detailed and. And it's, 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 um, I, I just, I don't know. There's just like one description that I, I, I can't. Kinetic my... is what I, I, I describe his work as just, it, his work is alive to me. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I shoot for. Yeah. But I, he, he, I know he achieves it. And it's like, it's all Greg Capullo's world. It's all Greg Capullo's, um, you know, like his, it's front, you can see, it's like a glimpse inside his head and everything feels like it's breathing and everything feels alive. It's, it's awesome. Well, it's like you're, you're seeing with, um, Spider-Man and the sinister six. I mean, that was just huge. You know, I don't, I don't want to say like, you know, big superhero action, you know, but it's just, it's just so, there's just so much going on and it's well, that's no big superhero action. is exactly what I would want out of it. You know, like the, one of my, things that I think to myself when I'm doing Spider-Man is, uh, is when you, when you have a chance in there to do the big superhero action Spider-Man shot, you can't, you can't swing and miss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, when you have to have like two or three just amazing Spider-Man drawings in every issue that are just like, uh, you know, the most exciting thing that you've seen. And so like in those action sequences, I was just going for like, I wanted it to be as, as impactful as possible. It's like the, I think it's the, um, the second page, you know, where we see the Sinister Six and just like that, the close up on, on Shocker. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just like, like in your face and it's just, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm gushing now, but I mean, it's, it's <laughs> So, so uh, you're, those, you're first page, those first few pages screwed up the whole schedule because they took me forever. Because <laughs> you're 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 inking now, right? Right, and then when I started it, I was just like, I knew I I had to kill those pages. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just put everything I could into. I mean, if you look at those, the backgrounds are like so detailed and Definitely. almost overdone in parts, just because I was like. I don't know. Anytime I start a new project, I get I get pretty nervous for a little bit there, where I uh, I kind of 
you know, overdo it. And uh, that scene is no exception. Like, that was uh, one of the hardest scenes I've ever orchestrated, I think. Yeah, like when, when Sp- Spider-Man's swinging away, so you get, like, the, the top-down view, and you just see just, like, all the, the rubble and the debris on, you know, the sidewalk and everything is just, like, like man, it's just so much. Yeah, I did that, page. I was cursing at myself. <laughs> I mean, it... Have I done here? Like this is, but that that also was probably my favorite um, page in the issue uh, in terms of you know the action pages because I also like the quiet scenes too. You know, yeah. getting to draw Mary Jane is like the coolest. You draw a very nice Mary Jane. Thank you. That's it. See, there's. I feel like I I want to start making a list of what I think the rules of being a Spider-Man artist are, and it's don't swing and miss when you have, you know, put everything you have into the uh, big Spider-Man hero shots and also draw a hot Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. That that little yeah. dress she has on. Yeah, do not mess that up. And, and, you know, like another thing, going back to John Romita Sr., something that I always admired about his Mary Jane was how fashionable she is. Mm-hmm. So I did, I, I always have my wife come down and help me dress <laughs> Mary Jane, like tell me some things that she's seen, like what, what actresses right now are like the most fashionable and stuff. And she'll help me pick out, uh, you know, the, uh, like that dress was, uh, one that, uh, it was based on the dress that I saw like Leah Michelle wearing or something, you know, and, and I just try and, uh, you know, really, I really want her to be a, like a fashion icon. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that, that scene, you know, we see, the, the expressions on on Peter's face, and it's not Peter, but you know when when he's he's drinking and she's like you're drinking, and he's he's got just like that that smug, arrogant. You know, it's 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 great stuff, man. I I, I can't tell you how happy I am that you know you're you're doing this book. And, Thank you. And you know, no 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 offense to to Dan Slott, but you can have like and you know it's the same thing with with like like Batman, you know. Scott Snyder is like killing it with with his stories, but as as great as as a, a story is, if you don't have good art, that mm-hmm. it it's, it's it takes away from that. And and well, I always, I always say that uh, like when I read reviews, that it we're in such a writer centric industry right now that um, it seems you'll read some reviews and they don't even mention the art, and that can get frustrating. But the thing that I'll take away from it is. If they really like the story, then I probably did a good job. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think that, that you have to take that from it because uh, there, if you don't tell the story clearly, then it's going to be um, it's going to be not as enjoyable. And then and then I I like to do like you know I feel like I really kind of you know I tried to inject as much acting as I could into there and those scenes with Peter at the um, at the restaurant were some of my favorites because he, he's so over the top. And, and there are people that have said to me or not to me, but I've read comments where people are like, "Why? how does he's acting so weird? How does she not know it's not him? And I'm thinking, let's, all right, let's think about this for a second. Say in the real world, you, somebody that you're close to is clearly still that person, but they're just acting weird you're going to give them quite a few chances before you, before you think, okay, something's really wrong here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course, I mean, it's the same, it's the same person, flesh and blood. Like 
you know all everything about them and they look exactly the same to you, but they just act different. I, I don't know how long it would take to, you know, it's not like two days later you'd be like, nope, somebody's taking over their body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah even though it's, it's comic book world where, you know, stuff like that does happen a lot. I mean, you, you're not going to just automatically assume that. Yeah, it's it's unless you've had experience with people taking over other people's bodies before, it wouldn't even be a thought that that crossed your mind. Yeah. Um. It's uh, it, and that that's something else. People are like 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 oh, she's probably going to find out right away, or the Avengers are going to find out. But I I can't see that happening right away, just in terms of the story, because you know, like I said before, is I from from where I'm at, I'm assuming you know this. There, there's a story to be told here, and it, it needs to be needs to play out for, for a bit, and so, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, it's it, it's it's just great stuff. But yeah, it's it's always unfortunate when the art is just like, eh, you know, it's it's just it's it's a it it almost takes away from from the story. And uh-huh. you know, you you said that you know you need to tell a story because basically, you know, all we're seeing is is the the words dialogue. So it uh-huh. is up to the artist to you know, present the scene to make it work, you know, cause you're not just going to have two people standing around talking. So yeah, I always think one of my big things is I think that my job is to take the writer's script and add to it. I don't like to subtract from it. Um, I think that that there are artists out there that seem to think that their job is to subtract from what the writer has written, but I always like to take, um, you know, what Dan says and add my own flourishes. So if it's, um, if it's the scene with them at the, um, at the restaurant and I'm, and I've got him waving his arms around and acting, you know, the way that he is in that scene, uh, that that's just me making an addition to the script. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that that stuff pays off in the overall experience of reading it. Now, um, how come I, I, I'm, I'm not asking you not to, but how come you're now inking yourself? Um, Cause it's, it's, I'm assuming it, it's, it takes more time now. Uh, it doesn't take that much more time to be honest. Um, I think that it was just, I was doing like I, we were talking about that Ursula drawing before I was doing some of those, these drawings for this, for these blogs and stuff. And I would ink them and I would have a lot of fun doing it. And then, um, I, uh, we were going to have to get a fill-in inker for an issue of Scarlet Spider anyway because um, the inker at the time had had some uh, health issues. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, why don't I just try it, you know? Um, and then I had so much fun doing it that I just wanted to continue. And and, and I I think that there's been a quite a, a bit of reaction that is they preferred the Scarlet Spider, the clean line type thing that we had going on there. Um, there's also plenty of reaction the opposite way that they like my inks uh, a lot. You know, this is one of those, this is one of those things where I view it as I can't try to please everybody. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that a lot of my fans have, I have straw more, uh, fans that are really, really into it now because of the way that I ink. But, um, uh, anyway, I think, I wasn't great at it at first. Uh, I didn't really, you know, I was just kind of trying whatever. I was throwing everything I could at the wall. 
And uh, I think that what's happened is I've realized how much more uh, of an art there is to inking than I really took it for at the beginning. Uh, and in about, in issue three, about midway, th- no, I probably probably in issue two at some point, I think I started to figure it out more. Because if if you think about it, I only started inking on issue six of Scarlet Spider, so that's yeah. six. Then I did three Fantastic Fours. Uh, then Superior Spider-Man was my ne- so I, so issue one was my fourth issue that I inked myself. So I was still kind of figuring it out. And then by issue three, uh, I think I really really understand what I'm trying to do with it, and it looks a lot better. Because I I have read reviews the the one and I'll agree there there are some panels in issue one that got cluttered, um, which is just because I was trying to do too much with the ink. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that I'll figure out. I'm, I've figured it out now, I think, and I, I think that, uh, fans will appreciate it when they get to issue three. Well, you know, I, I have no complaints. I, I think it's, it's just very, cause like going back to that, that issue of Scarlet Spider, I mean, when, when I looked at it, I was, I, I literally was like, holy crap. And, you know, because it's just – it's almost like it, it's more bold. Just, uh-huh. just It really just stands out. And, and, and you know, I, like I said, I, I think you know that, you know, I was a fan of your, your stuff from the beginning. But then that issue just really, like, knocked me away. I was just like, wow. So Yeah, you know, that, that one's funny for me because at the time I was having so much fun doing it. And just recently I had to pull up a file – to do something, and I looked at it, and I was like, "Oh my god, I had no idea how scratchy I went." <laughs> but it, you know, there's still something to it. It it was, I think there's something to the seeing an artist's vision through from from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. There's just something more. It's almost when you have somebody else inking you, it can get mechanical because there's because the there's a disconnect between the two parties. And, uh, and you're no also how you do it. It's 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 impossible to to avoid. So you're you're also kind of putting your art in someone else's hands, right? Because you're like, okay, here you go. And there there's been times where um, I you know I've been familiar with the artist, and I'm looking at that. I'm just like, wow. I mean, like the inking, whether it's too thick or too heavy, and it, it just it really gives it a different feel. And mm-hmm. and so like you know, when, when I do reviews, I I you know. Obviously, the main thing is, you know, you talk about the story, like what happens. But, you know, I always try to, to talk about the art. And, and, you know, I also try to throw in the colors because there are, to, you know, there, there are some very talented colorists that really stand out. And, you know, that can truly enhance the art as, as well. And Yeah, Edgar's one of those, I think. Yeah, I mean, just looking at like, the different shading, just, just like on, on like Peter Parker's face or Mary Jane's face, you know, just the, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I know nothing about, about about coloring. Just it, you know. Aside, you know, if I took a crayon, that's all I about my extent. But it, yeah. it's just it it blows me away just to seeing how even when you, when you look at comics like you know the, the old comics, just how how far things have have evolved. And, yeah, and how much it's it's in, it's an interesting balancing act because you know you we kind I kind of grew up on comics that required the inker to do all the rendering. And now the colorist can do all that, you know, it's, it's a, it's hard to balance it. Yeah. I, and I, I think a lot of people kind of take it for granted. They don't really you know, think about that. And, you know, but, but there's times where you look at a comic, you just got to like stop and just, just look at it. And it's like, whoa. 
Now, um, did you get any of of the hate? You know, because I know Dan got you know uh, quite a bit. Did did you get it, the brunt of any of that? No, uh, I haven't had to deal with hardly any issues. Uh, uh, the only every once in a while somebody will say something hateful towards Dan and tag me in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but other than that, no, no direct hatred for me. Uh, you know, I didn't, I, I don't know the, the writers, they, they seem to get uh, the lion's share of the credit and all the blame. So, but I, I could see some people like, how could you take on this project knowing that it's going against everything Spider-Man stands for? You know, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't had that. You know, knowing how how what's the word I'm looking for? Like how how passionate or unreasonable people can get. Yeah. I th- I had one person say like one of the like here's an example of me getting tagged as somebody said um uh uh this is a travesty about seven hundred um this is a travesty basically like how can you uh, waste Ryan Stegman's talent. At Dan Slot, how can you waste Ryan Stegman's talent on a story like this or something? And I was kind of like, I think you're complimenting me, but I'd rather not be tagged in that situ- in that scenario where you're blasting Dan Slot at the same time. Like, I'm not, I'm not on your team in this case. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to run through some questions from uh-huh. our community. So let's see if you can jump in on any of these. So the first is from Dalek Doctor 2011. Um, so he says, who is your favorite founding member of the Avengers? Remember, Captain America didn't join until issue four. Oh, my God. You so, so we had we had Iron Man, uh-huh. Thor, Ant-Man, which is Hank Pym, um, and Wasp, and Hulk. Hulk. Come on. It was, it was you know, it's was just weird that back then, so like Hulk joins, and I, uh-huh. I'm trying to think, I think he quit like in issue two. Or maybe uh-huh. it was issue. He was just like there, and then he's like, "Screw you guys!" And but it's, it's like I, I I never read up on it, but it's like I wonder where the decision came from. It's like we're going to bring the Hulk in Avengers, and then they're like, eh, "Maybe not," and they just you know he he like he took off right away. Yeah, I think um, I'd have to say uh, just just from a, the standpoint, I kind of evaluate characters on ones that I like to draw, just how it's got to be since that's what I do for a living, and. uh I always, uh, I always enjoy drawing the Hulk. So that's my answer. I like Smart Hulk, like um, when Peter David was doing it, and um, yeah. and now um, with Mark Wade, you know, it, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see the dynamic of him being part of Shield, and and just that we're seeing more of Banner. You know, so you, you yeah. get all that. My my daughter, she's nine. She's a huge Thor fan. Uh huh. So she she I'd would like Thor too. Yeah, she'd probably go with that. I'd like to draw Thor at some point. That's that's a character I could. I could handle, I think. Um, let's see. It's, the second question is, do you think Scar, so that's um, Hulk's son, <laughs> is uh-huh. it? And that, that's another thing. If, if you were to try to explain who Scar was, uh-huh. that, that's someone, I don't think I could do that with a, a straight face. That You know, you went to another planet and, you know. So do you think Scar is, is a good pick for leading the Thunderbolts Dark Avengers? And if not, who would you pick? Oh, and you guys are assuming I read everything. Uh, see, I would I would say that that's a good pick because um, when uh, Norman Osborn tried bringing the Dark Avengers back again, uh-huh. you know, Scar ended up being kind of like like the the mole for Captain America. 
So are there questions for me or there? These, these are these are for me. So okay. yeah, yeah. Um, normally with with these podcasts, is, um, I kind of keep them secret. I don't I don't announce ahead of time who who's going to be on. Okay. Part and is um, in case things you know something last minute falls through. All right. Well, I'll I'll yeah. chime in when I have. Yeah. So I- yeah, when you can, if you have any opinion. <laughs> Um, there's next one that, that you can kind of jump on, um, sort of. Um, so I would say, yeah, Scar was, was a, is a good choice because, you know, he was a Hulk son, he, you know, he's, he went against Norman Osborn and all that. So, um, um, speaking of Norman Osborn, <clears throat> are we going to be seeing him? I, I imagine we have to be seeing him sometime because it was 697 when, um, he is, he woke up from his coma in the hospital bed and took off. I don't know if that's something I'll say, I'll say, um, not in my, not in the first three. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, it has to be, obviously Dan drew that one or he didn't draw it. He put that one scene for a reason. So I'm assuming yeah. we'll see something. Okay. The, the next question is, um, who would you have the new superior Spider-Man team up with if you were writing Avenging Spider-Man? So again, this is to me, but, um, who would you like to have, this Spider-Man team up with? Who would you like to draw him teaming up with, I guess? I'd do a team up of Spider-Man, Hulk, Wolverine, Thor, and Sith. So you, you'd want to draw that? Oh, yeah. That, that, that's that's a, be some crazy times there. Yeah, we could go, we could go Spider-Man with Sith, uh, Spider- or, or all of them. I'd like to draw Sif again at some point, especially now that Quapel redesigned her, and I think she looks amazing. I think um, the Spider-Man and Wolverine would be interesting because they've they've always had that, like where Wolverine has very low tolerance for Spider-Man, uh-huh. and then having the Doc Ock persona there, I think that could be really interesting. I think he'd really try pushing things. So I, I think it could be almost explosive. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and is, is, so is, is Chris Yost doing Avenging now? Yeah. Okay. And I think he's one of the most underrated, I mean, he's basically becoming rated, so it's hard to keep saying he's underrated, but I'll still go with, I think he's one of the most underrated writers in comics. Yeah. I, I love, I mean, he's, and he's, he's a super, 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 super nice guy. if anyone's yeah. ever, ever met him, but it's like way back when him and Craig Kyle were doing, um, new X-Men and then when they did X-Force, I mean, it's just he's he's a, he's a great guy and and yeah I, I i just remember you know you worked with him on scarlet spider and and that 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 seems to be like a uh underrated book as well where you know it, it gets a lot of praise but i don't hear a lot of people talking about or realizing you know what a good book that is yeah you're talking about wait which book were you talking about scarlet spider oh my god i i think that that i'm i'm still sad that i'm not doing that. I wish that there was a way that I could clone myself and do both books. Cause I just, I love that book. I could have done that for the next 10 years and been happy as a clan. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah Cause we, we, we did the book in Houston. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't bogged down with like all this, um, the Marvel continuity and everybody that we got to put in there, we created. Yeah. So, so I feel, uh, like, I feel proprietary. I think that's the word I'm looking for over all the characters. Like they feel like they're mine, almost like if I did an indie book or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, 
so I don't know. I just, it, it was an awesome, awesome book. And I thought that Chris was doing an amazing job on it. Yeah. I mean, I love the book, even though I'm, I'm such a huge Ben Riley fan. And, um, I, I always go off on a, on a rant about that where I, I don't think I, I don't buy the way he died, the way he was killed off. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that here's this clone, you know, the, the perfect clone that didn't have the flaw of decomposing. And then when, when he dies, his body decomposes. <laughs> I, I didn't buy that. It's like, and, and again, I, 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 I start getting angry when I, so my, and I, I told Dan this, this whole, um, my theory, cause you know, I, I've said it so many times where, and I understand, or I'm assuming from an editorial standpoint, because they, Marvel got so much flack over saying Ben was real and Peter was a clone and then switching it back and there's all a doubt. So I, I get this like, okay, Ben, he's dead, decomposed, he's a clone, end of story. I, I, I'm assuming that's what it is. I get that. But what I said is, is because Norman Osborn was such a, a douchey guy, that he probably had another clone created, had the memories inserted there. So it was really this other clone that died and decomposed. So Peter, because he knew that him and Peter were, were becoming like brothers, he's like, I'm going to kidnap Ben, lock him up in a dungeon somewhere, and then make him think that his quote-unquote brother is dead now, so he has to mourn it. So that was my theory. So that's, that's how he here's, could... He, here's something I'll tell I'll give you a spoiler for Superior Spider-Man. Um, it turns out that all along... This has been Ben Riley, <laughs> and Peter Parker actually died and decomposed. Okay. <laughs> now watch someone quotes you on that. I know they will, and then it'll turn into one of those things where it actually happened. Yeah, like like uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Good play by Dan. Yeah, and then then he just recently said he is coming back. So mm-hmm. so I won't ask you about that since whether whether you're involved with that or not or. I, I won't. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I I have no comment. Hmm. Um. Okay, next question. This is still from Dalek Doctor 2011. Um. What video games have you played recently, and what is your favorite video game you've ever played? Do you have time to? I don't have time to play video games. I don't either. But it makes me so sad. I bought a Wii U. I played um this new Super Mario. That was fun. Oh yeah. I, I beat it too, which is but it's only because it's like a probably a five-hour game total beginning to end um i i love um zelda games oh yeah your turn um see so i i i sit next to the giant bomb guy so i i I get a lot of my video game stuff just watching them play Mm -hmm. and and it's like i wish i could play um so yeah i like my my xbox is basically i use to run netflix and Mm -hmm. my 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 ps3 is is to play blu-rays um, do you have to 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 use Netflix on your Xbox? Do you have to have the the gold pass or whatever? You do, which um, means, oh. in a sense, I'm paying this gold pass mainly to watch Netflix. And then when I have time, because like um, when when before Arkham City was going to come out, I I started playing Arkham Asylum because I had borrowed a friend's copy before, and I, I got like a good chunk of the way through it, and then before the game came out, it's like, I should probably play this myself. So I started playing Arkham uh-huh. Asylum and then Arkham city came out. I was like, well, I got to start playing this. So I started playing that, but I, 
I never finished it because I, I just, I don't have the time. And then, um, I think the last game I played was, uh, this, the Lego Batman, Lego superheroes. So I, I started playing that a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I just, I have no time. I mean, I, I'm literally, I spend like, like 12 to 14 hours working on, on comic vine, whether it's reading or, you know, writing my, my articles or shooting videos and then editing them. Um, but like probably my, my favorite video game would be like Metal Gear Solid. Right. And I, I just love those games. What I do, my problem with video games is uh, I have, well, I have a kid, mm-hmm. family and everything. So anytime that I spend doing something like that, I'm just taking, because yeah, like you said, I work all the time. So then if I don't um, do that, or if I do that, then I'm just taking even more time away from my family. So I, I go out of my way to avoid them pretty much. Yeah. Um, and the last question from this user is what happened to Marvel after Avengers versus X-Men? He appeared to die again, but I've heard he's appeared in a recent issue of Captain Marvel. Was it a flashback or time travel or some sort of illusion? Is he back now? Um, honestly, I have no idea. Um, so during Avengers versus X-Men, he came back and I was like, there's no way they brought him back again. So I, like, I didn't buy it, but then it like, it was him. And then I don't even, I, so I can't answer that question. Um, I have no idea. I, I can't keep track of him. I'll talk to Axel for him. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Um, this is from Superbat420. What do you think Joker does during the day when he's not messing with Batman? Do you have any um, thoughts on that? It's probably eats like children's cereal, <laughs> like Lucky Charms. Watches Price is Right in his robe. I don't know if, if you're – you said you were behind a little bit. I don't know if you've gotten to the death of the family stories yet in no, Batman. That's, see, that's the thing is that's where about where I uh, decided to start reading 20th Century Boys mm-hmm. and, uh, and let it pile up for a little bit. So, well, based on that, I mean he's – I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but I mean he's got all these crazy elaborate plans set for like each member of the Bat family. So it's like during the day he's got to be – thinking about all, all this stuff, preparing all this stuff, like all over the place. And so I, I think that's what he's doing. He's doing is just. Being- no, my, my guess was more accurate. Okay. He's eating, eating lucky charms, watching prices, right. <laughs> Seeing all those old people commercials that they put on during the day about, uh, about the elevators on your stairs and things about, mesothelioma and all that stuff <laughs> do you know jim mccann have you ever met him Talked he was him? on prices i know right. that's what he, he 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 tweeted it like the day before so i was going to set my dvr and i forgot he, um apparently you can watch it it's it's i don't know if it's on cbs.com or or it somewhere I, I just i just before you called that's what i was watching i should watch that um because so, i was saying i said on twitter i i Sometimes, like maybe like twice a week, I'll get on my treadmill at around the time that that show starts and I'll watch it. I don't know why. It's just something that engages my <laughs> mind so that I don't think about how crappy it is that I'm running on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if, I would, if that would have happened when I was watching, like just randomly and I didn't know it was coming, I would have fallen <laughs> off the treadmill. <laughs> now, uh, when, uh, since I haven't tried seeing it, how do you – do they have like a bunch of episodes on there or is it something that – you mean on the website? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just I was on iFanboy and I clicked the link. Okay, I'll have to go go look for that. I just got to plug in for another website. That's no, that's fine. Uh, I've had Ron. He was on our podcast on our other podcast once. 
Um, see, I don't have a problem with, with, with the competing websites. Like, right. um, I don't know if you know Joey Esposito from IGN Comics. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk all the time, and um, um, we, we even share a writer, Eric Norris, who also writes for Crave. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been talking with, um, with someone from MTV Geek. I forget his name. And, um, and I've, I've, yeah, so I, I have nothing. We're all, we all love comics. That, that's the way I look at it is I don't, there's no reason why you know, we, we can't talk to each other. We don't have to right. hate each other, um, but yeah, I got to see that Jim McCann episode. <laughs> he, he plays it up. He's he's as the. I think the thing that I enjoy the most about that show is watching how people go insane when they get on there. He <laughs> he really uh, he embraced it. Uh, he, he's great. Um, the next question from um, Kua Kini says: In issue three of Deadpool, Marvel now is Doctor Strange the only one to see Mister Ben Franklin? Besides Deadpool, having seen the panels of him saying, and Mr. Franklin, I've not forgotten or forgiven you for sleeping with my girlfriend, you can walk. Or did he see him at all? This took place before teleporting Agent Preston, Deadpool, Mr. Wong, and himself to the location of the undead presidents <laughs> and the magician who woke them from their graves. What do you think Doc whispered to Deadpool at the end of the issue? So, see, I, I get questions like this where you know, I have no insight on this. Um, but I, I was also started laughing, like it, trying to explain to someone – yeah, a bunch of presidents get reanimated, and Deadpool has to fight them, and he's teaming up with the ghost of Ben Franklin. That's where you know comics are just absurd, but but it's great. Um, so yeah, where it ends, um, Doctor Strange says something to Deadpool, and it's just kind of like a huh. Um, I honestly have no idea what it could be because Deadpool's such a goofy character, but it has to be something big and compelling. So I I, I have no idea. Um, I can't answer that question. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you can't either. No, I have no idea what we're even talking about. <laughs> um, I read everything. <laughs> um, I do have to say that the Deadpool, um, I think it was, I forget if it was the first issue or second issue, the AR stuff was, mm-hmm. was hilarious. Um, oh, I got to read that Deadpool. God, there's so much stuff I have to read. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And I do this for a living and I can't, I can barely keep up with, with all. Yeah. I um, wish I could justify it. I mean, there is a part of me that can justify it and say, this is part of my job. I have to do it, but I know that I'm kind of lying to myself. Yeah. Well, you need to learn what, what, you know, or not learn, but you need to know what else is out there. And right. And, yeah. Um, so will Ivan Rice and Joe Prado still be a part of the new 52 Aquaman series? After, let me, let me answer this one. Okay. Wait, after Paul Pelletier takes the throne of drawing for the title, is he going to be sketching ocean masters new look or will Prado be the only one to do so as he did for Jim Lee's Aquaman? Uh, the answer is, Yes, yes, no, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and answer it. I'm sorry. No, uh, I thought you, you like knew the guys or had some insider. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea. Now, uh, as far as I know, those guys are on Justice League and um, Paul Pelletier is, is on Aquaman. And, you know, they're doing a crossover. So uh, Ocean Master's going to be, you know, obviously going the Throne of Atlanta story. So, um. Yeah, so I I don't think they're going to necessarily be doing anything with Aquaman. So, um, second question: These are DC questions. Let's see. Um, will the Justice League keep Green Lantern Simon Baz out of trouble, and will he be able to use his ring freely as other lanterns do, or will he rely on his gun to serve and protect his sector? Um, will he be able to know the true meaning of the Green Lantern and meet the others of Earth? So, um, I don't know if you've seen. There's a new Green Lantern. Um, mm-hmm. 
But no, he's going to be in, in Just Leave America, so I don't think the Justice League is going to be keeping him in line. And then it's interesting because, you know, he he was like a car thief and, you know, so he has a gun. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, why does he need a gun? What's he going to do with it? And um, I actually interviewed Doug Mankey, um, another artist uh, that I, I love. And like what he points out is, you know, here's this guy that got this ring. He doesn't really know. He didn't get like instruction manuals on it. And so, you know, he's going to keep a gun just in case like the ring shorts out on him or something like that. But I don't think he's going to be using it. Um, do you think Aqua Aquadog should receive some type of skill set after Mara trains him? So um, Aquaman has a, has a regular dog as a pet. Um, I don't think they're going to do it. I wonder who, who's feeding the dog while they're out doing this Throne of Atlantis thing. So hopefully they have someone caring for him. Um, okay, here's Marvel Now, The Avengers. How do you think the story will go about in the future as far as the first couple issues go? Um, this is another one I have no idea. Um, yeah, because Jonathan Hickman, he, you know, you, you you mentioned that he he goes out there. I mean, he just does these big crazy stories. And with with something like the story in Avengers, I I don't even think I would try to predict what he might do with it. I mean, it's yeah. just, I mean, and, and Jonathan Hickman's going to do is impossible. Yeah, I mean, that's how Fantastic Four was. I mean, it's just. You you don't try to think about it. You don't try to figure it out. You just sit back and you just en- enjoy it for what it is. Um, so yeah, I, see, there's some of these questions I can't really answer that. Um, but what I I do like the fact that he's making like kind of like the bigger picture where he he's you know I because I always felt like going back to like the the Justice League Unlimited um, animated series where you don't want to have the same like five or six team members. Because you know, depending if you're you're going to be fighting Galactus or or um, Shocker, you know you're you're going to want a, a different you know different members to, to deal with the threat. And if someone has more experience, you know, I I think it's it's better to be able to pull from a bigger pool of of team members. So, um, Moi Jingo says, "Why do you think the Batman continuity has not changed much? Mostly stayed the same in New Fifty Two." When year one is no longer canon, since Snyder made it so Bruce was not away for 12 years, um, based on what we saw in Batman Killing Joke is no longer canon. See, there's some things here I I don't agree with. Um, It's not like Scott Snyder said, I'm going to change this. You know, it was DC that did the five-year timeline. I think Killing Joke is still canon because we saw, you know, we know she was shot by, um, by the Joker and all that. Um, but it is weird that pretty much that history has stayed the same when a lot of other stuff hasn't happened or I, I don't know. I don't want to get into the, my, my issues with the new 52 continuity. Um, what do you think about Iron Man versus Batman? Who do you think would win? Oh, uh, Batman. Cause, um, this question is why do people commonly label Iron Man versus Batman a curb stomp in Tony's favor? It doesn't make sense to me, given what Batman has achieved. So yeah, um, obviously, because the, the joke is Batman always wins. But yeah, Batman's gone up against Superman. Come on. Yeah, so I mean, Iron Man is as smart and you know as powerful as he's he's a guy in a suit, and I'm sure Batman would have some contingency, even if he didn't have the 
prep time ahead of you know he he would know how to deal with this. Um, okay, Spider Mac seventeen says he, um, he loves the podcast with Kyle Higgins. Um, have you ever met Kyle? No, he, he's he's a good guy. Um, um, see, since I'm a topic of Nightwing, um, who would win in a fight, Daredevil or Nightwing? What do you think about that? Daredevil. Is that just because he's Marvel and you're Marvel? No, Daredevil is just kind of a favorite. You know, like, I like, um, he's basically, here's my answer. I know a lot about Daredevil. I know hardly anything about Nightwing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so, I mean, Daredevil does have an advantage. You know, he can, you know, he's got his senses and all that. Um, Nightwing is highly skilled. He's acrobatic, you know, which Daredevil has, you know, that agility too. Um, Nightwing was trained by Batman, but I, I'm actually kind of torn with, with this because, you know, they always say if, if, you know, something happens to Batman, Nightwing should be the one to step up and take his place. You know, he's the one most worthy, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think maybe Daredevil would have an advantage. They, um, recently with Nightwing kind of added a little bit to, um, his abilities where he can kind of read people based on their movement. And um, I, they're, they're, they're trying to, to tie that to, you know, being an acrobat. You know, if you're a trapeze artist, you need to be able to read your partner or, you know, if the person's going to jump, if they're going to do this, you know, you need to be able to know where they're going to go. So I think they're kind of going with that. They haven't really delved that, that much into it. But um, I, think, I think I would also go with Daredevil. So yeah. I don't know. Amazing. Now people are going to be like, you're crazy. And that that's the thing you, you give an opinion and if it's not what people agree with that you're you're wrong um yeah so okay i think that answers all of that um um here's another one from kuakini um in new guardians issue 14 so this is greenlander new guardians arkillo wages war on kyle after he tried to put fear into arkillo with the construct of sinestro so um, if I don't know if you're keeping up with, with, with that, Kyle um, Rayner is he's kind of gained ability to use all the different lantern rings. So now he's trying to learn how to how to do those. Um, while in a fight with Kyle, Arkillo tells him that he's not the only one who tried acquiring all of the emotional spectrum all at once, and the first um, desire he failed to do so. What does he mean by this? Is he talking about Scar or Corona? Um, I'm assuming. He, I would probably go with Krona, who was the renegade guardian. Yeah, so that's that's my answer for that. Um, Gotham Red, what ig- exactly is happening between Kate and Clint and Hawkeye? Please don't tell me Kate is forming a crush on Clint. Are you reading Hawkeye? Uh, uh, that's the uh, that's up next, along with Sweet Tooth, because. I'm obsessed with David Aha's work. Is it Aha or Aja? I don't know. Riley says Aha, but Riley mispronounces everything. So <laughs> I, I asked Matt that when he was on on this podcast, and uh-huh. he's he's like, I've never met the guy. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you know, because he worked with him in Immortal Iron Fist, and you know, he's working on him with this. But you know, I guess that's the thing is, you know, where you, you don't have to all be in New York City to work on a comic. So it was just kind of weird. But because I always say Aja. I th- what do I say now? I think I say I Aja. Say Aja. I said Aja, but I've been, 
I've been overruled by Riley, but I don't know why I allowed that since uh, he doesn't have a track record of being correct <laughs> on these things. I usually get names wrong, but sometimes I get them right and people try arguing with me. But um, some people are saying it should be AHA because um, I, f- I forget where he's from, but I, I think he's um, Hispanic and um, the J's usually, you know, sci- or like has that, that sound. But I don't know if it'd be AHA. Um, so, um, anyways, as, as far as this, there is no crush forming between Kate Bishop and, and Clint. Um, Matt has been pretty firm. You know, it's it's more like a mentor role, or you know, they're like partners, and and you know, she's too young for him. So, you know, that was another thing people were were making assumptions that you know Matt's going to take it in this you know inappropriate area, but that's not what's happening. Yeah. Okay. The Cyan Lantern says, hello, G-Man, and maybe surprise guest. So, so that's you. Um, yeah. Hi. <laughs> so it says, so G-Man, you said in the past you're a former Chi-Town guy who used to be a high school math teacher. So, yeah. So um, I don't know if you know this, but I originally grew up outside of Chicago. So I was born and raised, and then I moved to um, San Francisco area. So just wondering which high school was it. Um, no, I'm not a former student or stalker, but I live in Chicago and is always – um, question, um, but if you don't want to answer, I respect that. So um, I wasn't really a teacher in the Chicago area. I did my um, student teaching and in, in, um, wasn't Algonquin. It was at the school called Jacobs, Jacobs High School. Um, it's the northwest suburbs. Um, it was just outside of Crystal Lake. I don't know if, if people are like, what are you talking about? What are these, these cities? So I, I never actually taught in Chicago. I got my, I did my student teaching. I got my, my credential there. Then I moved to California and then I had to go through a slight credential thing out here. And I was, I taught out here. Um, and then you want to know what's my former comic shop in Chicago. Um, again, it was outside of Chicago. And I think the two comic shops I went to are no longer in existence. Cause when I go out to visit my parents, I have to go like, like two towns over to, um, a comic shop. And that's where I, I met this guy, Matt Elfring, Inferior Ego, who's now one of our writers. Um, I met him there. And then I was like, hey, I work at this comic book sh- or this comic shop or comic website. And then he came on and then I gave him a job. Um, and surprise guest, would you want G-Man to be your high school math teacher? Yes. <laughs> Thanks. I actually, I, I kept a stack of comics um, in my classroom because, you know, I, I, I taught math. I taught like algebra and I also taught like pre-calculus and AP statistics. But the way I looked at it is, you know, some kids, no matter how much you tell them, check their answers, you know, they zip through the tests. They refuse Mm -hmm. to check their work. So rather than them sit there and, you know, you could try to give them something else to do, but I always say, okay, here's some comics. If you get done early, sit there and read, don't, you know, sit and try to talk or anything like that. Little Um, known fact about me. I'm kind of a a little bit of a math nerd. Cool. I, uh, I think that's, the main reason I, lo- I love sports is baseball in particular. Is I love stats. Yeah. So um, half half of my classroom was like was um, comic posters and and music posters, and then I also had some math posters in there. That's awesome. I had like a like a four by six um, Spider Man movie poster that I, mm-hmm. I got like off of eBay. So, so yeah. Um, but I I got the job done, and then when we got the job done, we could go off on tangents about other stuff. Um, toxinolic. Um, this is first time. Uh, this is first answer or first time to question from the ru- rumors of Raven getting her own Teen Titans book. 
as a leader, who out of the old Titan characters would you cast on her team plus characters from Wildstorm characters that, that ain't already in the New 52? And so um, there's a rumor. So we, we recently saw Raven from the Teen Titans appear in Phantom Stranger. Um, there's a rumor that she's getting her own Teen Titans book. I don't know if there's any facts to that. It was I think it was, it was Scott Lobdell that said that. I don't think he is allowed to say if he is doing or anything. I haven't heard anything official. Um, um, did, did you ever read Teen Titans? No, I've never had, had... I mean, I think I've read issues here and there, but I never got really grabbed by it. See, I, I love the, the old um, Marv Wolfman, um, George Perez, um, Teen Titans. Yeah. I mean, it's some great stuff. And, and you know, Scott Liddell's a great guy. You know, we, we, we talk, you know, he, he, he does some stuff for our, our site on occasion. But that's one of the things that bothers me about the New 52 is, is it's essentially erased those stories. It's like, yeah, they, they, they're still out there. I can still read them. But the, the new continuity there has taken that away. So um, as far as who I'd, I'd want on her team, I mean, I think you got to go with Wally West, you know, who's non-existent at the moment in New 52. Um, Donna Troy, who's also non-existent. Um, and then probably Beast Boy. Who's in Ravages or something like that? Which I'm not keeping up with that. Um, here's a second question you can chime in on: How will Ben Riley? Uh, what would he think if they brought him? How? What would he react to Kane taking over his old name? Hmm. Well, he didn't like the name in the first place, right? Um. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm trying to think back now. I don't think he. He I remember was, him not liking it at least at first. Yeah, he was just like like kind of like a whatever type of thing because he he never wanted to be like Spider Man. You know, when he came out of the smokestack or whatever that that Peter tried dumping him in, he he took off. He went across America and he's just lived his own life. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I mean, okay with it. I mean, you'd probably be happy for Kane that he's not a crazy murderer anymore. He's <laughs> trying to kill him and. And yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's one of the, the great dynamics of the book is, is, you know, here's his character and, you know, he had such issues with, with Ben and now, you know, he's, he's being seen as a superhero. He doesn't want to be a super, I, I always say it's like the, the nature versus nurture thing. And, you know, he's, he's got Peter Parker's DNA, you know, he's, he's got that strong sense of being a hero, but he didn't, doesn't want to be a hero, but he has no choice but to be a hero. So mm-hmm. that that's what I th- I think makes the book like, fascinating. Um, yeah. I I I I think Ben would probably be shocked if he's like, here's this dude that gave me such a hard time, and now he's using my old name. But then he, yeah, like you said, he'd probably be like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, um, I don't think that he. I mean, he'd probably. I guess that he'd probably still remember him as the psychopath, though. So that'd probably be a stumbling block. Yeah. Um, Cyan Lantern says. Hey, G-Man, do you ever get pepperoni pizza urges? Those are hard to deny. I'm actually a vegetarian, which you, you probably aren't aware of that. Um, I have been for, um, I think, like almost seven years now. And it's, it sucks. <laughs> it's hard. Um, I do miss pepperoni. Um, but what, made you, what made you change? To, uh, uh, when, when, my, when my daughter was born, so my daughter's nine, uh-huh. um, my, my wife decided to become a vegetarian. And so my daughter was always a vegetarian and, and now she's at the point where it's not like we, we force her cause we've always said from the beginning, it's like, if you ever want to try it, you, you can, but the type of person she is, she, the idea of eating an animal to her is just 
crazy. And, you know, mm-hmm. she would never do it. She doesn't judge other people. Like, you know, when we do the Thanksgiving dinners, you know, there's a, a turkey on the table. And, and, you know, so she doesn't try telling anyone you know, or like her friends at school. You know, she won't say anything like that. But mm-hmm. um, so I was still eating. And then when she turned two, I was like, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to, to hide it from her. So then I was like, well, I'll just do it, too. I mean, since, you know, my, my wife and daughter are vegetarians, I'll, I'll do it, too. And, it, you know, part of it is like the, the humane things you know if you think about you know here's here's this poor creature getting slaughtered and you know some people would argue well you know that's what they're there for you know and all that but so um yeah i've had reason yeah I'd so, probably, if, if my wife and kid were vegetarians i'd go for it yeah so it, it's it's tough i i miss bacon i mean I, yeah. I, I love bacon but there there's a lot of good fake meat products there's some really bad fake meat products so um i that the fake meat technology is improving so there's there's a lot of like um just the other day i had um fake sliders and mm-hmm. they, they tasted pretty much like regular sliders and they, i was i was surprised so yeah but um there's fake pepperoni too but it, yeah it's not the same <clears throat> um let's see get some questions from twitter um you watch dexter at all i think actually uh, i think i have I think I answered this one before, but um, this is from Jeffrey Edge. He says, do you think Dexter would work well as a DC character? Maybe in Gotham. Because, you know, that's what... Would you, would you think he'd work better in, in Marvel or DC? Um, uh, yeah, probably. It does seem like Gotham would be the answer. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it could work anywhere else in the... It wouldn't work in Metropolis, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, General H87 um, has Batman ever been in a storyline where he was a supervillain? It would be cool to see his plans used by him for evil. I don't think that has happened. Yeah, they should do a body swap. Um, I think the. Um, all right, Ryan. Um, I, I know you need to get going. Um, so, so you're you're currently working. Are you going to start more issues of Superior Spider-Man? Yeah, I'm going to start those after I fit, do some more Scarlet Spider covers. So, that's cool. That's okay. Well, I mean, thanks for for being on. Definitely got to have you back. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. And, and I'm 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 glad you didn't get any any of the hate that that Dan did. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Later. Okay. So, um, yeah, definitely check out Superior Spider-Man. I know a lot of people are immediately saying, um, you know, whatever, you know, having their opinions. But, you know, read, read the first issue, read the second issue, see what you think, then make your decision. But everyone is entitled to an opinion, but, you know, make it – have it be an informative op- opinion. You know, read read the – the issues and then decide if it's what you want or not because issue one there's that twist so you know you're gonna want to see what happened there um oh um i i know i kind of cut off that last question so about batman being a villain i think the closest we had was a mark wade's tower of babel storyline where his plans were used against the justice league and i'm trying to think if there's ever an elseworlds book where he was the villain there part of me wants to say that there was but I don't know. Um, Eddie Rock says, hey, Tony, I have a question. 
between Ghost Rider and Spawn, who would win? Um, <coughs> I haven't read Spawn in the longest time, but I would think Spawn, from what I remember, would have more more power to, to take him on. Um, Elwood Toast says, in Batman 13, they mentioned that Joker's been gone a year. Does that mean the DCU is now in a year two in comic book time? That's a, a good question for Scott Snyder. Um, I know they, they would want to kind of avoid making that, that firm, you know, you, you don't want to say, okay, here's a year has gone by because then you're making everyone older. Cause then does that mean Damien is now almost 11? I, I, you know, you, you want to avoid any specific, um, time mentions. That was one of the problems I had with, um, last week's fantastic four, number three, where it mentions, it's New Year's, you know, and it has a date, January 1st, 2013. I was like, you don't want to do that because then when you're at like, um, you know, two years, three years down the line, you're like, whoa, this, you know, time has gone by. So um, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think we know because I, if I remember back to Detective Comics, I don't he didn't really fully appear there. I don't think we actually saw him there. It's just that's when his face was cut off. So. It's possible that Detective Comics number one, all the number ones, wasn't necessarily a year ago. It could have been he was physically in Gotham a year ago, which could have been um, three years, four years our time, which I guess wouldn't be that much since we only had five years. So let's not worry about the timeline. But I I, I want to say that no, that, that, that it hasn't been a year in the New 52. Um, Barnloaf. Is Trinity War going to be between Phantom Stranger, Pandora, and Spectre? I would. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think they have to be involved. They, yeah, they got to be involved because hopefully you've read the the free comic book day issue um, where Pandora is in there and you know Pandora's box and that giant. Um, I think it was like four pages the, the spread that Jim Lee did where um, we see Batman's got that like skull thing that that Pandora got. So um, yeah, I, I think it is going to be between them. Um, so you definitely want to be keeping up with, with um, Phantom Stranger because Pandora has been popping up in there to see, you know, what's going to happen. Because you know, when we think Trinity, we think Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. So I don't know if they are going to be a big part of it because we see the Justice League there and Justice League of America it looks like. But I think it is going to be um, Phantom Stranger, Pandora, and Spectre. Um, Barn Lofo says, what's the proper etiquette on getting artist commissions at cons and expos? Uh, this is something I... I meant to ask before um, Ryan had to leave, but I, I posted an article about this and, and Barnloaf, I will send you a link to that. Um, basically what you need to, to remember is artists, um, they go to conventions to get paid. You know, they, they, they charge for commissions. There are some, sometimes it will do like a free head sketch or free sketch, you know, when, when they autograph a book, but Chances are you're gonna to have to pay something. The amount varies on um, on one the artists, you know how much in demand they are. If if you have someone um, like Francis Manipal, who you know he's gonna his his art is gonna be sought after, and you know he's gonna have a line, he's gonna have a list. He may not do commissions. Um, I know some artists will will take a list at the beginning of each day, and they'll be like, okay, you know you, you pay up front, or some some will even let you pay afterwards, and and then they they can only take a certain number of, of commissions each day. So depending on 
on how popular they are, how much in demand, you know, it's, they're going to charge more or less. And also if you just want a head sketch or, uh, you know, a torso or full body, or if you want, um, two characters or three characters, you know, you're going to be paying more. But, um, yeah, so I, I did this article and I, I talked to a, a couple, um, artists to get their opinion. The main thing is you, you should bring a physical, um, like a picture. If, if you want, um, some random character, if you want like Rom space Knight. You should have a picture of Rom so the artist has something to draw because they may not be totally familiar. I mean, unless you go to someone like Ryan Stegman and say, hey, draw me Spider-Man, he, you know, he can do that with no references. But if you want some other artists to do it, they may not have done that, that artist a bunch – or that, that character a bunch of times. And um, some artists will even say doing it on like an iPad or an iPhone, that's that's not that great because you know the screen constantly goes dim and you got to tap it and everything. So that's the main thing. Um, and you know, just be be courteous, be be polite, be respectful, and be appreciative. So um, there's all that. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I posted that article, which got their their insight on there. Um, Seacraft 1994 says, knowing you don't care too much for the penguin, would you rather arguably I don't remember how to say this guy's name take his place? So this Emperor Penguin guy that we're seeing in, in John Layman's Detective Comics. Um, this this new character is, is interesting. You know, we we've seen him kind of come up through through the ranks um, as one of Penguins ping, Penguins Penguins dudes, and um, you know he he wants to take you know a piece of of the action there. That being said, I I think I would prefer to Penguin over this other guy because he's here's this young upstart guy just trying to you know force his way in. Um. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm definitely want to see where his story is going to go. So, and you know, like I said, I, I, it's not that I don't care too much about the penguin. He's just never fully fascinated me. I mean, I, there's other, you know, bat villains I'd, I'd rather read, but I don't have anything against him. So I, 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 I'm not crazy about this other guy trying to take his place. Um, Seacraft 1994 says, what amazing Spider-Man arc would be best, um, to start from, to be, to read up to 700. I won't be able to start from 600 yet anyways. Um, so if you go to the amazing Spider-Man page on comic vine, um, before you see the issues, there's, there's a bunch of stuff there and it actually lists the different trades. So you can see like what issues are contained in, in each volume. Um, the main thing is, is, uh, you'd want to, Go back to big time. Um, I, I forget the actual issue off the top of my head, but you'll you'll see that there. That's when Dan Slott fully took over, and that's when um when Peter got his job at Horizon Labs, and you know things started changing differently. So I, I would say you'd want to read that arc. You don't necessarily have to read each and every one after um, Spider Islands. You know that that was a big one. Ends of the Earth was a big one. You know especially with because Doc Ock was involved with Ends of the Earth. But you know there there's there's a lot of good stories there. Um, but it, it does seem like when big time happened, when Dan Slott came on board, you know, that's where things just kept, kept going. Um, before, um, there's a lot of good brand new day books and I, I know brand new day is a sore, um, subject just, you know, one moment or not one moment time, but that too. But, um, one more day. Yeah, that was the unfortunate thing, but there was a lot of good stories there. You know, Mark Wade did some, Mark Guggenheim, um, you know, Dan Slott. So there's, there's a lot of good stories, but yeah, going trying to read a hundred issues is, is a lot, but definitely read uh, the big time trade and then, you know, go from there. Um, 
Elwatosa says, any idea when the new Snyder Lee Superman is set to be released? There, there's nothing been confirmed. Um, I think I've, I've heard rumblings about possibly summer. Um, I don't know, like late spring. You know, it all depends. Like when, when is, is summer? You would think, I would think, and I, you know, I have absolutely no inside um, insight on this. Um, you would think they'd want to try to do it around the movie. Whether that can happen or, or not, I don't know. Also, it might depend on when there's another wave of comics coming out because last time I talked to Dan DiDio, you know, he said that they want to keep it at 52 ongoing titles. So it's not like they can just say, okay, we're ready to go. Here's, here's a new issue because they need to get rid of something else. And, you know, that's, that's the sad thing is when you were seeing books getting canceled. But on the other hand, if, if they're not um, cutting it, if, if the books aren't, aren't, aren't selling, um, if people aren't, aren't, aren't reading them, then, then yeah, maybe something needs to be done there. Um, so I, I have no idea, you know, of January this month and February is where we're seeing the, the next wave of comics. So I don't know if they're going to still keep it at 52 or maybe they're like when the book's ready. And the other thing is, is, you know, Jim Lee, he's, he's not just an artist, you know, he's also a co-publisher. So he has other duties and, you know, you don't want to rush him on his art. So I'm, I'm assuming, you know, I don't know for a fact that, you know, they want to give him, you know, some, a head start to get some issues in the can, which is what the Marvel has been doing a lot of that also, especially with these, the Marvel now. So I think they'd want to get to a point where he has enough of a head start so he can keep doing it, do his other duties. Not just a duty. Um, so I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm assuming it'll be summer. I, but I don't know when it can't be soon enough. Um, John Robaina, this is a tough one. If Mike Allred could do any other book, DC or Marvel, which book would you like to see him draw? His Daredevil was was awesome. I think that that was great. Um, I did read this um this morning. I'm trying to think, and I still don't have an absolute answer. Um, because like you can't say Batman as much as I'd like to see him do a Batman. It would have to be more a more Silver Age Batman. Like as much as I love Mike Allred, I don't know if him doing like a Scott Snyder Batman story would work. Um, I, I see Mike already. I mean, his book to me is it's fun. It's bright. It's lively. And I'm not saying that, um, Scott Snyder's Batman isn't fun or lively, but you know, it's, it's a little darker. So I, I'd, I'd want a character that's more agile, like, you know, Daredevil, you just see the scenes of him, you know, swinging around, jumping in the air, you know, maybe Spider-Man. Um, I think he did do a Spider-Man book at, at one point. I think, I don't know if it was a, an annual, I could be wrong about that. But I think um, a Mike Allred Spider-Man book would be fun. I don't know about Mike Allred on Superior Spider-Man because you know it's a slightly different character. So um, that that's a real, real tough one. Um, and then Winter Mute twenty five seventeen um, says, "What comic is, is that picture from?" So the picture is Shatterstar. Um, and it's it's a picture that that Greg Katzman uses in the the Battles of the Week, where it says, "Are you not entertained?" Um, I, I believe it's an issue of X Factor. I don't know the issue off the top of my head. Um, I'll tr- I'll try to put a um, a comment after this goes up because um, I didn't see this question before, but I'm pretty sure it's an issue of X Factor. Greg, I think, would know since he uses that image. Um, but yeah, so I'll I'll try to get that um let's see and 
on that note, I know I didn't get through as many um, of the Ask G-Man uh, questions on the forums, um, but you know, I ended up talking to, to, to Ryan a little bit longer. So with that, keep sending in your questions. Um, so on, on the general forums, there's an Ask G-Man video questions. Put your questions there. Um, I'm halfway, for those keeping track, I'm halfway through page 27. So I, I will pick those up next time. Um, also on Twitter, so you can at reply me, G-Man from Heck. Use the hashtag AskGMan, because that way I can see them all on one page. And, you know, I'll answer your questions. Um, as far as the next podcast, um, I know I say I don't usually announce them ahead of time because, you know, sometimes depending on when, when I'm recording or the person, you know, something may fall through where that particular time they can't do it. And then I can't reschedule because I, you know, I shared a podcast room with um, all of CBS Interactive here. Um, but tentatively, if you want to get some specific questions, it's going to be Sam Humphreys. So um, the writer of Sacrifice and um, the new Uncanny X-Force and, and Ultimates. So there's your little tease that if, if you've listened this far into the podcast, now you know that. So if you want to do some um, Ask G-Man questions on Twitter specific to, to Sam, I can answer or ask him that next time. So thank you for listening. Thank you um, again to Ryan Stegman. Love his art. I'm so glad that he's doing Superior Spider-Man. Um, thank you to those who have read the issue with an open mind. And again, I totally, absolutely get people that are angry. But, you know, the, the main thing is if, if you don't like the idea, don't buy the comic. You know, you don't have to attack the creators. Um, you don't have to attack other people that, that may be enjoying it or you know, are willing to give it a chance. And, you know, this is all thought out. Give it a try. See where they're going. I have no idea what's next, but it's, it's you know, some interesting stuff. So this has been the Invincibly Supermassive comic book podcast of stuff. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you guys soon. So, so my, question my question is, who could it be? We don't know. And I would like to ask you which comic book does affect you most emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's the question. Don't shake your head. I love Alan Davis. This is a John Byrne issue. I love Alan Davis. I, I, I wasn't a fan of this. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. I give this a two. <laughs>